0: No, I can't help myself either, but that's nothing new. Uh, hey, welcome, Flora Knight and Sean Donald. Welcome to Radio 191 FM again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're more than welcome. South Title debut album is out now. Yeah. Oh, good time. Old oh, timey to the core. Um, <laughs> let, let's begin at the start, because um, that's where all good tales begin. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like your guys' story is a story of, of, of chance, a chance meeting, mm-hmm. perhaps, and, and then a pilgrimage. And then an odyssey uh, to the other side of the world, to a far-off <laughs> land—at least for, for you, Sean—and uh, and that's a tale as old as the music you play.
1: It's right, well, yeah. Um,
0: almost as old.
1: Almost as old. If the music we play is indeed the music that we are playing together, then our meeting is as old as that.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah, what? Well, that's that's
1: oh, sure. <laughs> Well, it was eight thirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I liked that. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> that was but, amazing. But how did you originally meet in Toronto? It was Toronto, wasn't it? it wasn't Australia. yeah, it was Toronto.
1: We both have kind of different recollections of it. Oh, obviously, because you know the the meeting is from either experience coming from other and side. Both our right.
3: memories are failing us, but um,
1: both our memories are failing us. It was about three and a half years ago.
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, so I remember um. Flora and I had um, kind of kept missing each other. We we had a mutual friend that wanted us to to hang out and play music together. Mm-hmm. And um, and Flora kept going down to the states, and I was going other places. And um, finally, we, we managed to um, pin each other down in Toronto. And Flora came over to my place and brought her fiddle. And um, uh, just we just sat down and started playing. And um, next thing we knew, we decided to. Um, get some Portuguese chicken and um, <laughs> drink some rum and um, just h- really hit it off and uh,
1: yeah Sean was convincing me that um rum and Mountain Dew was really good hey. and yeah, I was no. like I don't know about this we'll have to go and see so sounds a very North American like a bottle, <laughs> a
0: bottle
3: for those students out there listening um, and you're feeling a little adventurous you won't. You won't be disappointed.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: Yeah, that's what we need to
0: encourage these <laughs> guys. <gonna say.
1: laughs> they don't know what dream. <laughs>
0: um, oh, so uh, oh, uh, the mutual friend thing is great, and I, I guess that's uh, um, can be a way for a lot of musicians, right? And do, do you think it like with musicians uh, that play a certain type of well, the same kind of music, they've got an instant. You can, you can kind of have an instant connection, and you yeah. can kind of head it off straight away because you do the same kind of thing. Because a lot of people are like, oh, hey, I've got a friend here. It's almost like a blind yeah. date, right, that your friends set up.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, and yeah. this particular friend happened to be pretty intuitive, I suppose. They, um, especially with the old-time music because, well, definitely in New Zealand because there's hardly anyone doing it. Yes. You know, so, like, well, actually, anywhere you go, if you kind of want to find someone to play music with, it's few and far between, so then you get excited about it. And here there wasn't many people in the place i lived let alone the country let alone like my own age and stuff
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah so yeah. when
1: i met this person um who's sean and i's mutual friend she was like yeah my friend and then this other friend and i was like oh my god there's like a community of people who they kind of actually not that i don't mind you know like i don't mind hanging out with people that are my age obviously but like yeah you know it's something
0: you know. Well, and, um, <laughs> I don't know because you didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I guess I mean, uh, in, in New Zealand, you would have been playing with people that were probably three times your age for the most part. if you ever got chats? Yeah, yeah,
1: which is great. And I've got some great friends in their sixties and seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, sometimes when you meet someone at your own age, you just sort of click on on all the other things that yeah. you kind of usually would.
3: Well, and that's not exclusive to New Zealand as well. I mean, even in Canada and even in the States, I mean, old-time music in a lot of ways is kind of, um, I don't want to say like fringe music, but um, uh, it doesn't have a huge following. And um, so when you do find other people um, that play it, um, you know, it's it's easy to get excited. And um, it, it tends to attract certain kinds of people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of people who play old-time music are also kind of, Really into traveling and um, into kind of um, what would you say like more rustic lifestyle, old
1: worldy kind of Gypsies. things like crafts and yeah, and 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 trades from you know yeah, they're yeah. like living in that time, emphasizing it. it. It's a
3: lifestyle thing as well. Carnival people. There's
1: some pretty amazing gatherings of like in the US because <laughs> um, old time music is such a uh, not a performance thing. It's more about hanging out and playing and getting in that sort of zone or playing for a dance or whatever and so they have these huge gatherings and pretty much like everyone who likes this music flocks to this one place which is about you know three or four thousand people I don't know but which sounds like quite a lot but that's from all over the mm. U.S. and the world, like people from Australia will go every year, or people from Japan will go every year. You know, and so it's is pretty mental.
0: Still in the traditional areas like the Appalachian Mountains, yeah. and maybe certain cliff top West Virginia, certain parts of uh, Canada, maybe uh, Calgary. I know. Well, I know country music's pretty big in Calgary, but uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's that's the other thing is that
3: we're. I mean, Flora and I, especially with this um, album that we've done. I mean, we're not. We don't kind of. Um, um, exclude ourselves to just playing old time music. We're both yeah. really into uh kind of traditional Songs. country music and mm-hmm. um and uh that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Old old ballads or Which is
3: all kind of, you know, all connected. But... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but how was it approach to pl- how do you approach playing and writing this type of music um, especially uh, I guess when you're over there given given the legacy and the tradition of 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 um, what is probably one of some of this music's one of america's original art forms
1: yeah well I think um, the whole thing that a lot of people are doing with it is that there's a there's a big emphasis on. It's almost competitive, but not, like, I feel like saying competitive brings a negative kind of connotation to it, but people are digging in the archives or finding, always trying to find old songs that not everyone's playing and things, so you're digging out these really ancient songs or tunes and trying to give them new life Mm -hmm. in, uh, obviously, a, a more modern world. And um, kind of paying tribute to the tradition, but also making it accessible to modern ears. Yeah. And um, and by putting your own spin on it, so it's not just you know a cover of a song. People often say, "Oh, you guys play covers," but it doesn't quite feel like that because it, that sort of makes me think of like a pub. Yeah. Down at like yeah. rap eggs or something. <laughs> but it's sort of um losing my voice here.
0: You are.
1: Yeah. It's uh, yeah, digging out the old songs and then uh yeah, giving giving them new life. Nice. putting our own spit on them. Mm-hmm. Sean sure. uh, writes songs. I don't write songs too much. I I just um dig around in the in the archives.
0: How many pure originals are on this album? Zero. Oh,
3: yep. Yeah. Um but uh
1: <laughs> so <laughs> But Most yeah, of the I mean, traditionals, yeah. Are they
0: old enough that you don't have to pay royalties? Mm. Well Most of them.
1: <laughs> 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 Most of ah. them are
0: old enough, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
2: um,
0: right. Uh, and then you recorded this um this album at Chicks in just one day. Um, yeah, that was awesome. That was you know, good fun. With with one mic and just a few takes. Um is it is that in itself a nod um, to the past, uh, like how it might have been done when people just pull up to a radio station and yeah. get a recording studio at the back, or uh, you know, and was it de- to get a deliberate sound and performance from yourselves, or is it the fact, Flora, that you've got a mortgage to pay and recording <laughs> is expensive?
3: Well, uh. well, I mean, I'll th- I mean, I'd say, well, I guess that was the mortgage thing was directed at you. I don't know mortgage. <laughs> I don't think the number of mics you, we use in a studio usually reflects the, the cost of it, but um, for us, I think well, I mean for, for me, anyways, that whole um, recording process was about just trying to capture what we would sound like um, if you just heard us busking or heard us playing in a living room or something, Absolutely. Just, just to kind of capture an, an acoustic performance. Yeah. And um, and that was also kind of a big part of why we wanted to do single takes. And um, just to kind of capture the music the way that we actually play it.
1: Yeah, and some bits are a bit kind of, you know, like bung or whatever, not perfect. And, this is what you and Sean, like And Sean likes bits about one take and I like bits about the other, but we both sort of go like, oh, well, you know. I mean, when they would have been in the early recording era, when they would have started recording old-time and, and early country artists and things... They were doing them on wax cylinders or seventy yeah. eights where they had to squeeze their songs into two minutes and sing into a giant horn and that was that cause it was just, <laughs> you know, like, and and so I suppose we kind of feel like there isn't a huge amount of room to to manipulate the recordings that much because it doesn't do much for the music really yeah yeah uh, yeah and and we like playing live that's sort of like that? that
3: being said, um Tom Bell, the um, fellow who was recording us at chicks um, threw some really nice kind of natural reverbs on a couple of the um tracks and um that was kind of a nod well I, I felt that was kind mm-hmm. of a nod to some of the um some of the recordings that we really like, um, like early recordings of the Leuven Brothers, where this, things are starting to kind of move away from being.
1: More 40s, 50s, rather than the very early recording era,
2: yeah? Yeah, things are being
3: less, you know, just singing into a can and kind of evolving from that, and people are trying new things. Um, So that's us kind of branching out just a little.
0: Tom's good, though, right? Tom's Tom's great.
1: He was was lovely to work
0: with is fantastic. So everybody should go record out at Checks. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great spot, unless they're recording out the back here in the Radio One studio, of course. Oh. Uh, let's not forget about that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> you know, Stephen John Maher's pretty great too. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We love um, Stephen.
1: <laughs> yeah, Stephen's the man.
0: And now you two are off on another tour. Um and that's kind of I think uh, from my mind where this music really belongs. Like on the road, in a hall.
1: Yeah. That's, people that are dancing. That's how we feel too. Favourite
0: place. To play. yeah um just a small tour this time yeah yeah only only like 15 dates yeah. <laughs> well I don't know what we're
1: gonna
3: we're do tryn- with all that spare time yeah
1: shorter <laughs> amount of time i suppose yeah squeezing that with two into a month um oh, yeah. yeah i i think trying try the, the older we get you know <laughs> trying to work out ways of sure, sure. M- making um touring more sustained well actually playing a crap load of dates is a good time as well but I think Mm, at a certain point you start to get quite exhausted and you don't realise it and you just get up and you're like and play the song so I think the the shows have better interest if you're still feeling quite vibrant about it but that being said after we finish our New Zealand tour we're going off to Australia for a month and doing a tour there so I suppose that is kind of a big tour but
3: but we're really knuckling down on the promo for for this tour and um, being an album release tour, so we're kind of thinking less shows but more attention to... Yeah. to the shows that we're doing
0: yeah yeah, and of course you're playing here on the 22nd of next month I think yeah. it's 22nd isn't it yeah, which is that's exactly one a month, month today. today ooh spooky! Oh Lunar Eclipse <laughs> Lunar <Clips>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and you've got uh, just Shanks with you yeah um, from the Eastern of course
1: yeah rare solo set from Just Shanks
0: yes yes and that's exciting that's some um, you know because of course you played in the Eastern I for, did, yeah. For quite some time.
1: Yeah, so it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, like having having your mum or your sister or something play.
0: <laughs> yeah, better say your sister. <laughs> better say my sister. <laughs> uh, Brad, so um, th- this is going to be a great show. That show is at again where I forget. The
1: Port Chalmers Pioneer Hall. Oh, the, the, the yeah. Yeah, sh- so we're just saying it belongs in the in the. Um, in the weatherboards of mm. the lovely old hall
0: and you want people like i mean your shows are all about dancing right as well you know it's all about get people getting people there's always up on that their feet.
1: aspect of it yeah yeah
0: that's what we hope
3: that's that's what we hope to get people dancing but um it can be a, it can be a bit of a struggle sometimes yeah i guess depending on what we're putting out and what the audience is like but um, it usually
1: starts happening when we start kind of yelling at people <laughs>
3: If people are dancing then i I see it as us doing a good job yeah,
0: yeah, good, good um all right um yeah, it's, it's something about your music and, and this type of music it's interesting to me because it's not not the first form I would ever dip into, um, but you listen to it and it's it's just really catchy and it's very timeless. Yeah. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I would never sit there by myself and think, "All right, I'm going to listen to some music now." I know what I'm going to put on. I'm going to put on yeah. some old time But then I put it on, and I'm like, "This is really, really good," and I'm really enjoying listening to it. Well,
1: that's what we love about it. Like the content of these <clears throat> songs has not only a timelessness in like era, because it sounds old in many ways, but um, just the the sentiments and the um kind of themes in there are just very basic human um feelings or emotional topics or mm-hmm. just stories that are kind of easy to understand and easy to interpret in a myriad of ways that you know anyone can grab something from them i think I but some people listen to it and go like it's just boring cuz it's really simple language and r- obvious obvious poetry but there's a lot more subtlety to it Mm. i find
0: well i mean it's storytelling right i mean the whole purpose of it was kind of storytelling at the time yeah and
3: um and i would say as far as like um as a listening experience as well like i listen to lots of different kinds of music um but i listen to this kind of music a little differently i suppose um and the thing that really grabbed me about um old time music and country music and folk music, um, as well as the recorded examples of it, but as um the actual experience of it, um is just uh, it's just a bit of a different thing to maybe what we're used to in our day to day lives. Mm. You know, not very many of us get to experience like um like I guess proper like not proper, but like um good like acoustic um musical experiences and I guess these are kind of like a an encapsulation of that, and the idea is to maybe try to experience it like that. I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit.
0: Too. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to, it's fine. Uh, all right, brilliant. Well, thank you both for coming in. The album's available now. Where can we get the album from?
1: Uh, Sean and I are just waiting for the physical copies to arrive. <laughs> They're
0: sitting in customs, oh, yep, along
1: with my voice. <laughs> but um,
3: the album is available on Bandcamp. if yeah. you search um, Floor Night Sean Donald Bandcamp dot You'll find
0: it. and am Bandcamp. i going way. like hotcakes yeah. off it's, Bandcamp. It's the way to go too. Bandcamp. I'm glad it's. Uh, I, I hope that's the only way it's available because it is good. Good because that's the only one that really take out, take care of the artist. Yeah, yeah they do. Should. They do a good job. They do yeah. a great job. Um, thank you both for coming in. It's thank been you for a pleasure. Uh, uh, and the plan is to get you in for a live to air, um again. Well, for a live to hear before the show. Yeah, so maybe we'll bring. Jess as well that'd be great so we'll Would look forward to that now. in a month's time but um, you've already been playlisted which is fantastic but I'm going to play that you choose a song
1: we choose a song
0: sure from, from your from oh. your album not yeah. just choose a song
1: from our album what, what are you it? instrumental or a song uh I, I'd go for
3: a song I, I'm pretty um partial to I don't know what number track it is but um please don't stay away so long darling is um a song that kind of features flora singing oh, yes singing i like lead that. a little bit thank you i like that it's uh she got it from
0: lefty Frizzell.
1: lefty Frizzell.
0: i saw the, the old man. the old timey um radio host hey the old timey radio host
1: no he's a um he's a he's an old country singer oh
0: just an old singer oh yeah. sorry i read your press release wrong Uh
1: all
4: right <laughs> You skim reading that thing? Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> uh, here's, I was busy That's what it's there for. I was
4: watching the bloody it's Eclipse. It's there for skim-reading. I thought you were watching Game
0: of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that was last week. Uh, here's uh, Please Don't Stay Away from the South Title debut album from Flora Knight and Sean Donald. Thank you both for coming in.
1: Thank you for Thank having us. You.
0: And you're on the one. The Haraway's Oats Singles Breakfast. That's old-timey too. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Haraway's Oats for breakfast. You're
0: yeah, Good. Good. They do. Something. Oh
1: no! I didn't. In the end, I was going to. but I was like for here.
0: Come on, load. We're so on Lying, air. lying
1: on it. Are we? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
0: You're on the one. <laughs>
5: One News. I Mikaela toku me ko karaka Good morning, my name is Michaela. These are your nine o'clock news stories. Frustration is rising among Pūraka Nui residents after it, the amount of time it is taking the Dunedin City Council to repair damage caused by recent record rainfall. Yesterday marked a month since the Dunedin record fall of 89 millimetres in 24 hours, the wettest July to have been recorded in the city. The heavy downpour caused extensive damage, including flooding and landslides, throughout the city. However, Bay Road in Purakanui was particularly badly affected after part of the road on the waterfront gave way, slid down a bank and wiped out two boat sheds below. Since then, the road has remained closed to the public. And adding to the frustration, the DCC announced yesterday that it might be months before the damage could be repaired. I just think we pay rates like everybody else and we get very little for it. The least they could do is keep our roads going. It's pretty shocking, said Bay Road Crib owner Ainsel Idler, who says that her and many other residents in the area feel neglected by the City Council. As part of its efforts to relieve Auckland's teacher shortage, the Government has expanded a recruitment scheme and revived relocation payments to attract teachers from overseas. The Education Minister, Nikki Hay, has said that the initiatives would cost $3 million and bring total spending on teacher supply issues to nearly $20 million over two years. Out of that sum, approximately $2 million would be set aside for relocation payments for approximately 200 teachers. Both foreign and local teachers would be eligible for payments of up to $7,000, and schools who hire them can claim up to $3,000 for recruitment costs. Ms. Hay said that the government would also spend a further $1 million to double the number of new teachers covered by a scheme that pays schools to hire and mentor new teachers. Auckland Primary. Principals Association President Kevin Bush said that the initiatives might attract some teachers to Auckland but that they would do very little to keep them in there for the medium or long term. It's not incentivising enough for people to stay in Auckland. There's a lot of teachers that are leaving Auckland and going elsewhere and there's role growth on top of that in Auckland, he said. And finally, the last known member of the Barcelona terror cell has been shot dead after he was cornered by armed police while wearing a fake suicide vest, the Guardian has reported. Yunus Abu-Yakoub was killed in, approximately, in a town approximately 30 miles west of Barcelona four days after he drove a van into a crowd of tourists, killing 13 people and injuring more than 130 others. Police said that he was gunned down outside of Subretas after a local police were called after a reported sighting of him. Uncertain whether the vest he was wearing contained a real bomb or not, police then deployed a robot to remove and examine the device before confirming that it was fake. We were looking for 12 people and they are now all either dead or in custody, said the police chief, Joseph Luis Trapido. An investigation into the sales possible international links will stay open, the Spanish authorities have said. These stories were all sourced from the Otago Daily Times, Radio New Zealand and The Guardian and can be found online. This is the Radio 1 weather. The current temperature is approximately 8 degrees with a high of 13 degrees expected between the hours of 2 and 4pm this afternoon although an average of 11 or 12 degrees is expected for most of your afternoon and early evening. A drop to the low of 7 degrees comes in by 11pm tonight carrying on into the early hours of the morning. These temperatures are accompanied by a myriad of winds up to, of up to 6 kilometers an hour and there's no rain forecast for today.
0: All right, thank you so much for that, Michaela. Thank you so much indeed. See you again tomorrow, my friend. Righty-o. So the first announcement for Rhythm and Ups is out and Little Dragon's playing, and I don't know what to do. (sighs) I didn't plan on going to any of these things, but Little Dragon. But Little Dragon. Cigarettes and Sex are playing as well, who are also very good, but Little Dragon please text 0212 radio and tell me whether i should go to rhythm or else or not because i honestly don't know um because i have seen little dragon before and they are one of the most spectacular acts you will see anywhere on the globe just so much sass It's just all the sass the sassy sassiness so i'm gonna play some little dragon right now this is my favorite little dragon song rich royal union which is just so full of sass you're on the sass sassy one fm
6: This is Radio 1, 91 FM,
4: where it all began.
7: And we're a reaction based on assumption Everybody's way too hurry Worrying about themselves To ever worry about you But the battle remains internal Me against myself, control I wanna know what I can't see I wanna skip the fence And get me the grass is green Wanna know what I can't have Wearing the a mask of a fee We all gotta keep that rush Leaving the reason I trust you never gonna see best stuff But always be on the cusp Cause that's how we all We all gotta get that Yo, every lick stand we all got a bag full of tricks to get that fix now. Ringing, rippling, ever amounts of the goodness, deep of fulfillment and this thoughts Left to explore, whatever it is, I always wanna get more. It's all too human, chemicals in the brain confusing the folk consuming. Losing the war, winning the battle. Constantly, I'm on the hunt for green, and that's factual, graze like a camel, storing my nutrients. I pack ammo, natural. highs, some rely on synthetics, even the gods have habits. As we all do, even if we can not conscious, it's a now nah, We all gotta get that rush, leaving the weeds and the crust You're never gonna see that stuff, but always be on the cusp Cause that's how we are We all gotta get that kick, lead with a life on tip We all have an extended, stand we all got a bag full of tricks To get that fix nah
0: 2017 radio one card online at r1.co.nz forward slash activate and instantly unlock
5: rapunzel's hair design 99 dollars for half a head of foils with cut and blow wave women's cuts from 39 dollars men's cuts from 29 dollars bookings essential terms and conditions apply check out the website for details
0: only with your activated 2017 radio one card for a full list of all the deals and discounts check out r1.co.nz forward slash one card
5: We have a series of amazing films from Aotearoa,
1: New Zealand, making their world premieres at the New Zealand International Film Festival.
0: See uniquely New Zealand films like Human Traces, Teen Tibet and Swagger of Thieves, a music documentary about iconic Kiwi band, Head Like a Hole.
1: No Ordinary Sheila, the life story of this non-engineerian natural historian, illustrator and writer, is a beautiful journey. Made with love by her cousin and longtime Kiwi filmmaker, Hugh MacDonald. See the full lineup of films online at nziff.co.nz. The New Zealand International Film Festival is on now at the Regent and Rialto Cinemas.
6: I caught the reading bag as a child, and it's never left me. Now I'm her and I love picture books, storybooks, reading books, all of the books. Oh. Rediscover the magic of reading at Dunedin's Ultimate Bookshop, The Children's Room and UBS. Open seven days on Great King Street, across the road from Otago Museum.
0: 2017 Radio One Card online at R1.co.nz forward slash activate and instantly unlock. The campus shop. Scarfie combo double
1: deal. Score two Scarfi pies and a four hundred and forty ml can of Pepsi for five
4: dollars.
0: Only with your activated 2017 Radio One Card. For a full list of all the deals and discounts, check out r1.co.nz forward slash one card. Two scarfy Pies, get it in ya. After some hairways at singles. Yes. All right, that's right. So many wonderful deals, and that's just one of them. Right now, I'm joined by Simon Kingsley-Holmes. He doesn't uh, offer any special deal with a one card. No. Uh, what is a one card again? I've forgotten. Oh, you horrible human. I've uh, probably got one, but I just can't remember.
8: <laughs> that's your radio one card. Oh, I don't have one of those. Ah, and good. I come and talk at you for 15 minutes every week. Why, why do not I get a it's bloody one card? more for your
0: benefit than ours, Simon. <laughs> um all right we've got two films to look at this week damn sure i'd be getting too scarfy pie, <laughs> we're gonna start off uh i think what was it worth lucky no no that was a, no, a, we,
8: a trip the trip to spain i'm glad you said that because i'd already forgotten which way yeah, around we Steve were
0: do it. and rob two of i think the funniest humans that ever come out of great britain um, other than winston churchill of course yes
8: yeah, yeah he's big big on laughs we shall fight them on the beaches. No, I was just joking with you. I won't no, be. We don't have um, beaches in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> we shall fight them on the do, uh, uh, used condoms and dog shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, the trip to Spain. Uh, this is the third in the trip trilogy, which started with the trip and continued with the trip to Italy. Now it comes with the trip to Spain. Um, and it's once again... Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon teaming up with director Michael Winterbottom. Um, they're essentially playing themselves, or you know, their comic personas. We'll get into that in a bit. And they go to a uh, particular exotic locale, in this case, Spain and they review restaurants and they eat and they sightsee and they bicker and that's the entire plot of the mm-hmm. entire three films and it's also well we should mention for those who don't know so what they do is when they bring these out it was uh, i think it was conceived as a tv series and then they edited it down to a film for international release and then they've done that with every subsequent one so they yeah. um when it comes out on dvd presumably it will be the tv series and the film um, I this was actually the first one I've seen in full. Um, I've obviously seen the Michael Caine, uh, the Michael Kane off yeah. from the first trip, um, which is still just one of the funniest clips uh, um, you'll ever see. And uh, I, I tried with the trip to Italy, but I felt like the trip to Italy got a little bit too cozy, and I couldn't gel with that one. This one, thankfully, is back to a more spikier, snarkier, backbiting. Um, Tone than the previous one. So, what is is, yeah? um, It's it's and it's still working on that dynamic. You know, Rob Brydon's the kind of more bouncy, happy-go-lucky kind of. You know, happy to be. You know, quite content at where he is. I mean, he's a successful comedian. But you know, then contrast that with Steve Coogan, who's got all these Hollywood deals and his agents and whatnot, and he's much more insecure, much more sort of arrogant. And uh, and you know, he's playing on that persona. Obviously, people get. Kind of I remember reading an uh review of the trip by a major american critic and he was like he's like is this what they're like in real life is this is this their, is this actually them is this you know and sort of thing and it's it, what it is is it's their comic personas it's basically yeah. an exaggeration of what uh, of themselves it's what most comedians do um uh, where you take you know your own character flaws and just do you know put them up, so people will have seen from the trailer where They're discussing, you know, what would you do if you were acting? Well, I'd like to do... And Steve Coogan goes, well, I'd like to do Hamlet. Olivier did it when he was 48. (laughs) And Braden goes, well, Olivier was a better actor. Well, he was a different actor. (laughs) 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 Um, And it's it's great. It's... um what the real joy of it i suppose is for a start look let's just get this out of the way it's really funny you know and that's for me when it comes to comedy films i will forgive you know this isn't the most cinematic film and there are dramatic kind of subplots they put in i'm not sure if i needed them it didn't just it didn't bother me too much but ultimately i will forgive many many flaws with a comedy film if it's funny it's like with a horror film if it's scary i don't care what else you know they've done if it's properly scary this is really funny lots of laugh out loud moments um and it's just a joy to see i I suppose it's better with this version because what you've got is a very edited down version the tv series you've got what three four hours um here you've just got just under two hours so they're cramming in the best stuff and it's it feels better for that you know you've got a little bit of breathing space but they're doing a bit of sightseeing All that's all very nice but then they'll just get back into so there's a brilliant bit where they're talking about. Uh, The Spanish Inquisition and then the you know the torture and then they and you're just watching two brilliant comedians take one funny idea and Bat it between themselves like a like a ping-pong match you know, batting back to you back to you back to you And then just building on this idea and building on it and building on it and building on it and adding to it Just creating something really really funny. That's again I've mentioned this before, but for me, as, a, as someone who does stand-up comedy, and is relative, I'm pretty new, I mean, I've only been doing it three years, is, um, you know, to watch that kind of thing and go, oh, right, that's, it's not just about your own joke, it's about listening to the other comedian mm-hmm. and seeing what they're bringing to the uh, to the table. Um, I saw a very interesting discussion with that on uh, Richard Herring Podcast with Brendan Burns and Craig Quatermain the other week, which is worth checking out if you're interested in that sort of thing. But... Um, so, yeah, what, and and what I like about the what Michael Winterbottom does is he's always been kind of an unobtrusive director. He's a journeyman director. He's worked with Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan before on 24-hour party people Great and film. a cock and bull story. And funny, this is the first Michael Winterbottom film I've ever seen. I've never seen a single other one. And he's done about like 30... Oh, 24-hour
0: party people I, was I know,
8: I know, I know, and I know. Everyone tells me that and I keep meaning to see this damn film. <laughs> I will see it this month, I promise. I will right. sit down because I've got to watch Blade Runner again before the new one comes out i'm going to rent that and i'm going to rent 24 hour party people i'm going to sit and i'm going to watch them um but what he does is he just steps back he's got it he he has got an understanding of cinema so it's it's not like because it's made for tv but it does have a it does have a certain cinematic edge to it you know kind of like richard Linklater's before trilogy although obviously this is a lot more you know comedic than that one um i mean the before trilogy is one of thing but you know um uh, and it's just sort of step back and and just allows the thing to breathe. but he's not allowing them to get too comfortable or too smug, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Or if, if if he is being smug, it's that's the butt of the joke, you know. You can watch, I mean, you can watch endless things with comedians riffing with one another, and it's intolerable. It's bloody interminable. Um, whereas <laughs> this isn't, you know. It, it's good fun because there is you know they're not a couple of lovies they are taking the mick out of each other a lot so yeah thoroughly enjoyable very funny well worth going to see um and yeah it's just i sat down thinking honestly i sat down thinking well this could be you know looks all right probably be a you know three star and no easily a four star movie it's you know it was it was very entertaining i was happy to sit there for um you know best part of two hours so yeah thanks cheers for that um <laughs> well done nice um so yeah and then uh i, I was going to review the dark tower but they didn't bother so i don't see why i should um it was rubbish uh, <laughs> well, um, so what have we got next we got lucky, we've got we've uh, got logan lucky, lucky. What a cast. I know. Well, hey, it's, um, it's, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, so it's always going to have, almost always going to have uh, a big cast. Yes. Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Riley Keough, Seth MacFarlane, Katie Holmes, Hilary Swank, Dwight Yoakam, and introducing Daniel Craig as Joe Bang. We'll get into that one. Um, this is The Return of Steven Soderbergh. Uh, it's a NASCAR heist movie in which two, uh, br- which two uh, West Virginian working-class brothers, one fired from his job helping... Build the uh, Caroline Race NASCAR racetrack, played by Channing Tatum, and the other doing bar work, having lost a hand in Iraq, played by Adam Driver. Uh, angered and embittered, uh, Tatum's character decides to rob the racetrack with the information picked up during the building. He knows where the money goes, but he doesn't know how to get it. And with that, enter uh, explosives expert Joe Bang and his, and his uh, rather dim brothers to help execute the plan. Um, uh, well, I mean first off i mean it's just really entertaining it's a really good uh fun film um and it's nice to see someone of the thing with steven soderbergh is that you know he's a prestige director he's oscar winning he won a palm door for his first film sex lies and videotape you know he's a very very mm-hmm. fated director he's done big you know um epic biopics like che and erin Brockovich*, and he's done uh you know big serious films like uh, uh traffic and the remake of solaris and whatnot but he is not above just putting that all away and having fun like with things like magic mike which he also previously worked on with channing tatum and haywire which was the um oh what's her name um oh can't remember her name gina carano action uh, flick um uh, you know and this is this is another one he's just gone oh, no I'm back and I'm gonna have fun for the meantime. Um, and as I say, this is the return of Steven Soderbergh. I mean, he, so 2013, he brought out side effects and behind the candelabra, and then there was a lot of speculation. People saying, oh, he said he's gonna retire. And he said, no, I'm going on a sabbatical. So was, and what that meant was, not that I'm going to kick back for a wee while, I'm just not going to be making any feature films. What he has mm. done in the meantime, he's done a lot of paintings, some plays, uh, watched a hell of a lot of films, re- re-edited a lot of films, read a lot of books because he puts out a list every year of everything he's read and watched over the year. And he's also uh, he's also directed, shot and edited two whole seasons of The Nick uh, for Cinemax, I think is I think is the, um, the name of the channel. Um and now he's back. He's just, you know, Channing Tatum's got him back in the saddle for Logan Lucky and it's really good fun. It's um what I like about it is it's 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 a refreshingly non-patronizing look at white working class Americans which you know, I mean rednecks basically, but yeah. it's it's um you know, they they all have different things going on in their lives, you know. They're, and they're not um you know, Channing Tatum's character is trying to deal with the fact that you know he's 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 got a daughter by uh, his ex-wife, and he's got to sort out all the um, uh, he's uh, he's got to sort out all the welfare for that sort of thing. But he's just lost his job for some stupid reason that he can't do it because he's got a limp, and they won't have him on the on the job, even though he can do the job just as well as everybody else. Um, Adam Driver, you know, he's not the brightest spark in the shed, but he has you know he's um, uh, he's he's getting by, you know, and he's... he's Also, because of the fact that, you know, there's this running, there's this running gag because he's got the one hand, and, you know, mm-hmm. people are... You know, that's that's a nice running gag. Nicely done as well, because it's not taking the mick... It's not just laughing at him, because he's got... It's, it, it's a really nice strain of uh, humour running through there. Um, it's... Not fast-paced, which is <laughs> which is interesting. It's like it's, funny. it's fast. It's furious. It's not actually for a NASCAR heister uh, movie. It's quite sort of laconically paced, which is goes well with the, ch- the characters. But that doesn't mean to say it's slow. It's not slow at all. It's got it's got it's got breathing space, is what it is. Um, and it's really smartly put together. I mean, Stephen. Uh, the thing about Steven Soderbergh is he's got a very. Um a mathematical mind you know it's it's a heist movie so he's covering every ang- he's covering every angle so you know and there's, <laughs> there's there's been quite a bit of debate about this but i'm sure cinema sins and they're everything wrong with could do a big 20 minute half hour boring videos picking apart what's gone wrong or whatever but as you're watching it you're just thinking okay oh well that doesn't quite work match up but he's only giving us so much information and then he'll he'll let us know you know he he's he's one step ahead of us and that's nice when you're watching a film to know that the filmmaker is you know ahead of you and has got you got his bases covered um and um yeah there's just no, lots of really nice little details. there's a weird but there's a weird thing where they show this is clearly just shot at, at an actual event but there's a weird thing where they have the the introduction for want of a better word to the nascar event and they're all doing they're all standing up for the american national anthem and whatnot Uh they're singing uh really it's it's weird it's a weird weird event and what i like about that bit is i think Steven soderbergh's shooting it as though he's going "Mm, yeah okay this is a bit weird but but they do it for all sporting
0: occasions they do i
8: know but there was something about this one that was a bit it was so sincere it was (laughs) It was just odd. It was just odd. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just me. Maybe I just don't gel with that sort of, um, uh, you know, saluting the flag sort of stuff in any country. Um, uh, and there's a really nice scene where, um, uh, that, talking about the little details, there's a really nice scene in which... Um, Channing Tatum's daughter is, is singing a John Denver song. And it's really nicely done because she can't actually sing. She's oh, not brilliant. a good singer. Good, and good. I always like that. I love that. Too. There's <laughs> a wonderful old uh, Humphrey Bogart film called Key Largo, and there's an amazing emotional moment in which these gangsters make this woman sing. She's not actually very good. And it's, it's really, really... I, I always endeared to people who are a bit crap. So, <laughs> so I really like that. So, yeah, uh, and... I mean... Uh, um, it's bombed at the box office in America. This is something yeah, I was going to bring up. Um, but also, I had a con- I don't think this is just America, because I had a conversation with someone this week, who's and I won't name names, uh, they know who they are. And... They said, oh, I'm going to go and see The Dark Tower, even though it's, I've, heard it's, I've heard it's really rubbish, but I'll go and see it anyway, because, uh, so, and I went, well, why go and see it if you know it's going to be rubbish? Why not go and see Logan Lucky? It's really, really good fun. Everyone says it's really good fun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but I uh, don't know, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know, you know, and you just go, right, so you'd rather go and see something that you know is rubbish rather yeah. than go and see something that everyone's told you is br-. And this this happened a couple of times last year and it's an emerging trend and i hope it's not one is that even now mid-range american genre films like hollywood genre films are taking a bath at the box office and you just go why is it because it's not attached to a franchise and there comes a point at which you have to say audiences have to be held accountable at some stage yeah because guys if you do, i said many times before it's not just about the foreign films it's not just about the little indie noodly poodly, you know critic bollock ticking tickling movies it's also about that you know, if you don't go and see this stuff, it will just go. It will die out, and you'll never see it again. And you'll you'll be wandering. You'll be looking around on Twitter, pointing, find, trying to find someone to blame. And guys you've got to support this stuff so go and see logan lucky don't go and see the dark tower because it's rubbish and it doesn't deserve your money go and see logan lucky because it's really good fun it's really entertaining really well acted channing tatum once again is really really good yeah, i mean he's i like i like channing tatum i know a lot of people are, oh he's just a big lunk. well he's not i mean that's that's he's why a he's, he's a very good actor he's always always good, always good uh, terrific fun to be around he's a very subtle actor as well i mean he's i think people just look at him and just go well you're obviously just a lunk and <laughs> <laughs> magic magic yeah. mark <laughs> i really i thought he was terrific in um fox catcher
0: yeah yes yeah. oh yeah brilliant. real good oh, and adam, all, Dr- adam driver
8: as usual is brilliant katie holmes is really good actually she's uh, she's one of those ones people sort of it's sort of acceptable to say she's rubbish and i personally have not had any feeling either way towards her because she's not really stood out but she's very good in this um and daniel craig of course of course how could i forget daniel craig as joe bang because they've got that um credit on the trailers and introducing daniel craig as joe bang and everyone said this, and I agree with it completely. It really feels like da- uh, like a reinvention of Daniel Craig. It's like he is so enjoying himself as oh, this good. as this it, it, nutty hick character, um, and it, it, it's just a joy to see because he's gotten so bloody miserable and self serious as J- James Bond, and you can tell he wants to shake that off, and he's done it absolutely. One of the most disgusting things I've seen this year, though, hands down, is his character likes to eat from a vending machine boiled eggs in a packet oh that sounds very British no ugh, no 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 wrong bad evil i love a boiled egg i love a pickled egg lovely jubbly not from a packet there is a line to be crossed uh, and daniel craig you crossed it my friend you
0: can get them here at the supermarket oh
8: oh, that's for people who watch the dark tower and listen to ed sheeran go ugh, to evil bo- people
0: go to both of the films go um, to both um, the films yes yeah, absolutely yeah, both of them and i'll be looking forward to going to both of them too uh, yeah. all
8: right thank Logan, you lucky terrific do go and see it film of the week definitely you'll be,
0: you'll be back on on friday with uh, uh, yeah oh, long i long might long
8: be i might try and change that date because um uh, i have uh i might have something else going on on friday but um yes um i'll keep you posted
0: all right cheers cheers all right uh, go and see both films as we said uh, logan lucky and the trip to spain here right now is a brand new track from dizzy